Hello, everyone. Welcome back to episode 84 of the Mess Hall podcast. This week's guest is Blake Ennerman. He is the head brewer of OT Brewing Company here in Calgary. I saw their beer. I, I fell in love with their Pilsner. I had it at a farmer's market, and I just loved it since then. And it was one of those things where I said, I have to get these guys on the podcast. So I'm really glad that Blake agreed to do this. I truly do love their beer. And I was very grateful. I learned some great stuff on this podcast. So I hope you enjoy this podcast as much as I did. This week's podcast shout out is going to, I have some notes. Great, great podcast on the Alberta Podcast Network powered by ATB Financial. And I'm going to let them talk about it because you've heard me talk about them before. So here you go. Colin, we should start a movie podcast. Oh, that's a good idea, Greg. What do you think? I'm thinking like a movie podcast is like a little different than other movie podcasts. Mm, so instead of celebrating movies, we take bad movies and we talk about them no 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 but maybe we'll take those bad movies and we'll we'll talk about them how they can be better how we can fix them guys i have some notes yeah what do you have notes about no that's the podcast i have some notes greg beaver colin mcintyre and me scott c bourgeois we get together a few times a month and take a bad movie and try to punch it up you can check us out right now at the alberta podcast network or at ihavesomenotes.com Hey, so welcome to the Mess Hall Podcast. Today I have Blake Enermark here, um, head brewer at OT Brewing. And I'll give you a little bit of a reason why I wanted to come down here and talk to you. And we already talked off air, but for the listeners, I got some of your old, um, some, some of the Pilsner and why can't I just think of it right now? Oh, Bush League. Bush League yeah, Pilsner. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was just remembering Pilsner because like, <laughs> it was really good Pilsner. That's good. If you and, remember OT and Pilsner, that's all, yeah, that's all you need. That's all. Like, the OT stood out to me like when I got to Cannes. Like, so why the Bush League? Like, where is that coming from? I see the sports theme around. Sure. And, yeah. Um, I guess so that kind of goes back to uh, the owners here, Carrie and Mike Korothoski. Um they they started this i think they've had access to the space since like november i want to say 2016 okay um so uh mike's worked in oil and gas for a long time and uh he was at the point where he was getting sent overseas a lot and being based out of houston for work uh he'd visited a ton of um microbreweries down there and uh kind of had dreamed of having one one day so Kind of long story short, they had the, the brewery, they had the space, they had the floors poured, all the tanks up before I was even in the picture. And uh, one of the first things that we talked about was uh, there, there's going to be a beer called Bush League. And I think even in the, in, in, in the beginning, it might have been Bush League Pale Ale we were thinking about. That was going to okay. be our, our Pale Ale. But uh, as we were kind of coming up with the core recipes, I was like, man, Bush League has just got to be the Pilsner. I mean, yeah. I can't, we couldn't really, I couldn't really picture, you know, a bunch of guys um, after hockey crushing hoppy beers in the dressing yeah, room you know yeah. it's like it's lager all the way so yeah uh, i was actually really surprised that it wasn't taken huh yeah yeah um, it seems like a no-brainer for a, for a beer name it does and when yeah. you bring it up like that it makes sense because i know like 
whether I'm when I when I'm having fun, and especially if it's a sporting event, I, I want to have not a hoppy like IPA. Yeah, I want something like the Pilsner. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think you know, you go to any any sports stadium or sports game. I I would bet I'd be pretty confident that Lager is going to be their number one seller. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, with craft beer kind of being where it is now, I don't think it's uncommon to go to some of the uh, some of the stadiums in the states and stuff. Even have breweries in the stadium. Okay, you'll find hoppy beers, I think. But yeah, man, yeah. for for my money, I think lager is the way to go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and like I said, I'm glad I found it, and it was awesome. Like, cool. and I've tried like um, I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget. <laughs> good, good. Um, I tried the. Uh, Five hundred IPA cool. as cool. well, awesome, and that that was good. Yeah, but Bush League was Logger. my favorite. Cool, yeah. rock and roll. Um, right so like, it wasn't bad. I'm not saying anything <laughs> bad about it, but I, I think it was that first one I had from you guys, and I fell in love with it. Cool. So awesome, and it wasn't that far back, but it was still like that nostalgia. Like I want that one again. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, yeah. So it was it was really good. I really enjoyed it. Thanks. Um, so what's your story? How did you get involved with brewing? Oh man. How much time do you have? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> uh, yeah. I used to be a touring musician. That was kind of my uh, my background. And I was, I grew up in Victoria, BC, and uh, going to university, playing in bands and stuff, and uh, came home from tour, and a buddy got me a job at a, a craft beer store in, in Victoria. And uh, I hadn't really drank much beer at the time. Blue Buck, probably. Have you had Blue Buck before? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of king in Victoria. Beer's everywhere. Oh, so okay. I've, I think if you'd asked me my favorite beer at the time, my only answer probably could have been Blue Buck. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I uh, got got to become really good friends with the with the manager there. And uh, we would we would cross-reference um, what was popular on Beer Advocate. I don't know if you've ever seen that website. No. It's kind of like IMDb for beer. It's like oh, usually, usually okay. aggregated ratings yeah. for beer. So they have like a top 100 beers of the world list. And then we would look at what the sales reps had in their portfolio. It's like, oh, Celebrator Doppelbach from Germany. Okay, this guy sells it. Let's order it. And then we'd have it on the shelf. And long story short, we'd just be trying different beers nice. all the time. So for me, I like having IPAs for the first time. Like I still remember having the first one. And, you know, and then kind of getting a little bit into, into homebrewing. Yeah. We had a regular at the liquor store that invited, invited me and, and my buddy at the store to, to come homebrew at his house. And, uh, yeah, I just remember the first time smelling the grain hit the water. It's like, wow, this is so crazy. And then you, you drink that beer when it's done. It's like, oh, I made this. Um, so in 2013, my wife got into grad school in Toronto, and we decided to move there. And uh, I was kind of – I was not really playing much music anymore, and I a few courses short of my degree, so I didn't really know what to do for work. So I applied to every single brewery in Toronto. Okay. I was really hoping to get a job at Steam Whistle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, – I got a job delivering kegs for a brewery called Amsterdam, and uh, that was pretty wild. It was my first time having a, a labor job where, you know, you just never knew when you're getting off work. So we'd we'd get to the brewery in the morning, and it was it was kind of funny because you didn't really get rewarded for doing a good job if you were if you were fast and and delivered a lot of kegs, uh, which I I kind of got to that place after a few weeks. Uh, you would just get a second run, and then sometimes <laughs> you would even get a third run. So you you know. A lot of days I'd be working 12 to 16 hour days. Yeah. It was pretty crazy. So, um, yeah, I, I was, I, I would have stuck around if it, uh, that was a foot in the door for sure. Uh, but I had a buddy that worked at Phillips, um, back in Victoria and they had a, a close relationship with a brewery in Toronto called Great Lakes. And, uh, 
I was, I was also kind of hoping, you know, with my steam whistle dream uh, kind of being wished for when I was in Victoria, I also had kind of thought maybe working Great Lakes would be an opportunity because there, there was this Phillips Great Lakes connection. Uh, and it kind of took a while for my resume to get through the, to those guys, but eventually um, I got a call from them at, when, I was, when I was delivering kegs in Amsterdam and I got, I got an interview to work in the retail store. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, interview, didn't hear back for a while. And then after about three months of, of delivering kegs, I, I got offered the job. So, uh, yeah, I was pretty happy to not be, uh, I was pretty happy to have like an eight hour day kind of yeah. job again. <laughs> I understand. Yeah. That. yeah. At the time, Great Lakes, uh, was Canadian Brewery of the Year. Okay. Um, so they won that award in, in 2013, I think. And then I was there, I was actually on the brewing team when they won again in 2014. Nice. So that was pretty cool. But yeah, yeah, I uh, worked in the retail store for a bit and I got to know the the head brewer there, Mike Lackey. Um, and I basically told him, man, I love I love beer. I love brewing. Anything I can do to help, you just let me know. And he would often come in on the weekends and be brewing um, small batches on the pile system or he'd be transferring a beer or dry hopping a tank. And uh, I would just come in on my days off on my Saturdays and Sundays and, and kind of shadow him a little bit. And then uh, eventually he got... He plays a ton of hockey in, in the winter. Like uh, he's pretty known for as soon as, as soon as the, the the ODR, like the outdoor rink, has, yeah. has been iced uh, and, and it's frozen. Uh, he's out he's out with a case of beer every day, <laughs> playing shinny until the sun goes down. So uh, he actually got hurt playing hockey. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> he got a slap shot to the ribs or something, and they needed help. They needed help in the brewery. So uh, he, he asked me, are you kind of like doing this? You know, you want more, you want to be paid? I was like, well, that'd be nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, but now I think I was a couple days, couple days in the brewery, couple days in the, in the retail store. And then uh, eventually the brewery just got so busy they needed more help. So I got in there. Nice. So that's kind of how I got into it. Yeah. Nice. That's, that's pretty awesome. I, I always picture people having like a formal education, but it's awesome to see people that just took those steps and work hard and getting in there. So. I think those opportunities honestly might've been more open back then. Yeah. Like, um, I don't know. I like if, if I was just wanting to get into beer now, I, I don't know if, if those, if those jobs are just as open for people with no experience, especially in Calgary because the old brewing school is so close. A lot yeah. of people tend to go that route. Um, yeah. I looked at going to brew school. I looked at going to, um, Niagara College and uh, yeah it was it would have been like an hour and a bit commute and I think it's it was like 10 or 20k or something so yeah. I, I mean for me I was I thought you know I'll tough it out I'll deliver kegs I'll work in the retail store I'll get paid I think I was getting paid 14 bucks an hour or something yeah. and, and uh, yeah, I was like I'll see where this goes so so when you were coming up for the recipes here mm -hmm. like how many batches of like, I'm just going to focus on the pills. Sure, yeah, 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 But how many times do you have to make that to perfect the recipe? Well, that's a good question. Um, I guess I don't need an exact number. Yeah, but like, yeah. I would say it's, it's a continual work in progress. Yeah. Um, I don't think we've ever brewed it the same way twice. Okay. I don't. I don't think that it's something that would be evident to the to the to the average consumer. Not that people can't pick it up, but a lot of it is like, oh, let's push this hop edition back five minutes. Or like, let's add two IBUs to this batch or, okay. you know, three week logger time isn't long enough. Let's logger for five. Okay. Um, so that, that kind of thing. But uh, probably the craziest thing that's ever happened to me in, in this brewery was batch one of the Pilsner. 
It was the third beer ever brewed on the brew house. It won it won a gold medal at the Alberta Beverage Awards last year for best pilsner in Alberta. Nice. And uh, yeah, that was totally wild. Super cool. That, that's pretty awesome. Like, yeah. um, so how many beers are you guys making right now? Like, I see like a whole bunch of hoppers out there. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, so we have the three core beers. We've got Bush League Pilsner. We got uh, Flagstick Hazy Pale Ale and Five Hundred Hazy Pale Ale. Yeah. Um, so as long as we keep. As long as we keep those in tanks, Carrie and Mike give me a pretty long leash with throwing seasonals in in the smaller fermenters. So, yeah. Um, yeah, pretty much when we can slip it in, we'll slip in a seasonal. I think, I think we did. Well, we've been open a year and a half, about that, maybe a year, four months, and we've done almost twenty different beers. I think. Oh yeah, that's pretty awesome. So, yeah. So, so are there some beers that like really make you excited to make? Yeah, uh, Jamie, he's the other brewer here. We always joke. Or I joke with him that the two things that turn my crank working in the brewery are brewing a brand new recipe for the first time or making a small adjustment to the Pilsner. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's always exciting to brew a new beer. Going to take a quick time out to bring you an ad from Alberta Forestry Products Association. If you're an Albertan, chances are you love our forests. With more than 60% of the province covered in them, they're where we play, explore, and work. Over 40,000 Albertans are employed because of our sustainable forestry industry. And before a single tree is harvested, we plan 200 years ahead to ensure healthy forests for years to come. Why? Because you nurture what you love. Learn more at loveabforests.ca. I hope you enjoyed that and back to the episode with Blake. Nice. Yeah. What, are, what new beers are you brewing right now? Well, we just did a collaboration with uh, Sherbrooke Liquor Store from Edmonton. Um, they've been a really good advocate for, for OT. Uh, they, they sell a lot of our beer in Edmonton. So yeah. um, for Alberta Beer Week, their, their beer manager, Stephen Bizan, sorry, Bizan, I just learned that because we were hanging out on, on, <laughs> on Saturday. Um, him, and, him and David from Sherbrooke came down and uh, Stephen's, uh, he's pretty in touch with the, with the, with the internet beer meme kind of joke community uh so a big thing in the states right now are these things called pastry stouts where brewers are tossing oreos and donuts okay, and yeah. tiramisu and stuff into the mash so kind of joke back and forth and steven does this event called Beerios where he puts beer and cereal at, yeah. at sherbrooke uh so we thought well we got to put we got to put cereal in a beer so we did uh we did an imperial stout with apple cinnamon cheerios nice yeah so we went to superstore and, and bought the entire stock that they had and it was crazy yeah i think it was like 35 kilos of cheerios or something. so do you just pour that right into the we did yeah we we, we prepared it the night before because it would be a lot of work to do small bag one at a time yeah because i think we got we had 43 or 44 boxes or something so we we pre-bagged them into bigger bags and then tossed them in with the grain and we were mashing in nice so yeah it's it's coming along pretty good so do you, when will that be ready? That'll be ready for Alberta Beer Week this year. So yeah. yeah, I think we should have it out by first or second week October. So it'll only be available um, in Calgary at the OT Tap Room and then in Edmonton at Sherbrooke Liquor. Nice. So, yeah. That sounds exciting. I, I like that idea. Yeah, now. yeah. Totally. I can see that you like the idea, the yeah. big smile on your face. <laughs> but like as a beer drinker, I yeah. like that idea. Like, I, I like funky different types of beers. Totally. And, and like I like the traditional type, types of beer, like... IPAs, pills, or stuff like that. Yeah. But I do have a, like, if I see something fun and exciting yeah. on the shelf, yeah. um, I'll go for that. Like Totally. Um, 
Especially summertime. When yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I had a sour peach beer a couple weeks ago, and that was pretty good. You can really hit the spot, yeah. Yeah, and um, like on a nice hot day. And I, I picture like yeah, apple, cinnamon, Cheerios. That's a perfect fall beer. Oh, it's my favorite cereal, yeah. Yeah, yeah you're, actually, I never thought about it like that. It is a good fall beer. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had a pumpkin spice beer last night, yeah. and I thought that was all right. Yeah. Um, like I said, I'm looking for that. Like, yeah. Um, in the summer, whether it's a shandy or... Um, a rattler I think they're nice and refreshing so it's like yeah I definitely try the cool uh, all right yeah well come on back we'll uh, we'll, we'll get you some beer (laughs) I'm gonna have to try it like like it sounds so amazing (laughs) Um, so how long does it take to brew something like that Uh, like for brew day or for fermentation like from start to finish yeah so brew day um, that was a little bit of a longer brew day because when we've done our stouts, we, we boil them a little longer. We'll, like for Pilsner or Pale Ale or IPA, we'll, we'll boil those beers for 90 minutes. But stout, we did uh, 180 minutes. We've done a barley wine before we boil for six hours. Like it's a big thing in the States right now for, for these pastry stouts. The breweries are boiling them. They're, they're talking about the double-digit boil, so they're boiling for 10, 11, 12 hours. But oh, okay. That makes... Because we have a 10-heck brew house, which is 1,000 liters. If we boiled for 10 hours, I think we might have like 150 liters of beer. It would not... Oh, so <laughs> yeah. sort of like cooking. My, my yeah. background is yeah. cooking. Okay. You're just reducing and reducing. Exactly. Them, so. Yeah, so the longer boil in the stout does help help get the body up. But yeah, I want to say we, we mash in at 7 a.m. on saturday and i was out of here at 4 30 but that kind of includes cleanup so it's like nine and a half hours and then yeah yeah, it's ripping it's a lot of sugar content in that beer so yeah we're seeing it uh we're seeing it coming to the end of fermentation here after about like six seven days and uh we're gonna well we need to put a bunch of vanilla beans in it so we processed vanilla this week and and we got that on deck ready to go and i think we might add some more cinnamon because the cinnamon is just kind of poking through but yeah, you, you know, you, you call it like an apple cinnamon Cheerio beer. It's you got to be able to taste the the components, yeah. right? So, so when you talk about adding cinnamon, are you adding cinnamon sticks or ground cinnamon? Ground cinnamon. Yeah, okay. we. I don't know if you have you been to that shop in Inglewood Silk Road. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we get a lot of stuff from them. Okay. Um, and they off they offer really good bulk prices for breweries and stuff. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. I, no, no, no. I'm curious to hear I'm, your perspective. Their spices are not just like superstore exactly like, yeah yeah it's, it's potent high quality stuff yeah yeah yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. you can taste the difference yeah. so i'm glad you're like using something yeah like that. It's yeah it's cool. really nice to collaborate with them you know because i just i just send them an email and i say I'm, I'm doing this kind of beer i know you have a few different kinds of cinnamon what would you recommend and then they kind of okay. say oh you know you know come down and try this try that and then yeah. they'll get it ready for us ground and ready to go so that's awesome i have i have used sticks in the past with home brewing but i think it's a little bit harder to measure like I guess yeah. you can weigh it out, but like I don't know. I think I did half a stick once in a in a small homebrew, and it was like way too much. <laughs> so yeah, you got to be judicious with spices for sure. Okay, yeah, I, I'm learning something, and it's pretty awesome. I like learning. Yeah, yeah. Not that I have a thousand liter tank no, at home, no. um, but yeah, that's awesome. Like I, I'm excited for you guys and having that. And, that's what yeah. really gets me excited. I think like um, most of our collaborations have been with either restaurants or coffee shops yeah. or kind of we've only done we've only done one collaboration with uh with another brewery and what i like about working with with the restaurants or, or people in coffee is they just come at things with a different perspective okay like we did a we did a beer last year with have you ever been to model milk before no but i know where it's at I yeah know so, of it, so model milk pigeonholes pretty pretty well respected canadian restaurant yep. and uh yeah the uh chef owner justin um 
we did a, a sour raspberry stout together, Ooh. which is really cool. And we had these, we had how to write raspberries that came from near where Mike, our owner, his, his folks have a farm out in, uh, in Brooks. Yeah. And uh, so we got a bunch of raspberries from there and we brought them to model milk to, to pasteurize them. So we kind of reduced them and, and uh, Justin was tasting them. He's like, ah, oh, these are picked too early. Um, we should back sweeten them a bit or we should really reduce them and, and really try to get the sugar out. And for me, that was something I was like, oh, I never really thought about that before. I would have just put them in the beer, you know? Yeah. But you have people with different backgrounds and different palates, and they can make different recommendations. And yeah, I think I think that his advice really made the beer what it was. So, so when you reduce the, uh, and get the sugar content out yeah. of those raspberries, is yeah. that what makes it the, like the sour in the beer? Or? No, we actually, uh, we did a process of that beer called kettle souring. So we... Uh, Basically, you do you split the brew day into two days, and on day one you you mash, and then you allow the wort to the kettle. You give it a short boil to pasteurize it, and then you reduce the temperature to around forty degrees Celsius, and then you you pitch a source of lactobacillus into the kettle, and you purge it with CO two overnight. And the lacto, if you think think like yogurt, yeah. uh, that you know lactobacillus. Well, a strain of there's a few strains in yogurt, and a lot of people will use that for kettle souring. But the lacto will, um, it'll drop the pH without fermenting the beer. Okay. And that gives you a bit of a twang. Um, but that'll also give you the opportunity to boil the wort after souring in the kettle. And that pasteurizes it before it goes into your fermenters. Because you don't want lactobacillus in your fermenters when you're brewing Pilsner. That's a disaster waiting to happen. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> so there must be like a lot of steps, like sanitization yeah. with your equipment and stuff. Exactly, yeah. So uh, kettle sours have become really popular because... You can do. You can work with all the bugs in the brew house, and then you can you can you can sanitize your equipment, and you don't need to worry. Like if we did it in the fermenter, we'd have to break down every soft fitting, autoclave everything, you know, boil the gaskets. Yeah, um, it's it's a real pain in the neck. So yeah. So how do you how do you wash something that big? Like is it just like hose? And, <laughs> yeah. Or do you get inside um, of it somehow? That's a good question. I have had to crawl inside a couple, well, not, not the fermenters. I've had to crawl inside a couple of the vessels in the brew house. It's not a lot of fun, especially the one with the rake inside that always makes you nervous. It's like power off spotter. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, for a fermenter, um, the, the cleaning, the cleaning setup is, is called CIP, which means cleaning in place. So after we transfer a beer out, we give it a pretty good rinse with hot water. And at the very top of the fermenter, um, there's essentially a spinning shower head. It's called a spray ball. And you can see this kind of that, that, uh, that rod that comes off the top, it goes down the side. Okay, so yeah. what we'll do is we'll collect 100 liters of, of hot water um, in the bottom of the fermenter, and then we'll hook it up to a pump, and we'll add, um, we'll add our chemical uh, into the fermenter, and then the pump will, will suck it from the bottom and push it up at a high speed through the CIP arm into the spray ball, and the spray ball will coat every, every, oh, okay. everything in the tank. And uh, basically the, the chemical we use is called caustic, and it breaks down organic matter. Oh, so cool. that that method essentially replaces us having to go inside and, and scrub everything. Oh, okay, so, that's that's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's a good system. Yeah, I'd love to know who who invented it. <laughs> <laughs> so how many cans of beer will you get out of like a thousand liters? That's a good question. Um, so if we have a thousand liters going into the fermenter, we'll generally see about uh, we use uh, measurement hectoliters. Is just uh, one hectoliter is one hundred liters. Okay, so. 10 hex award into the fermenter will result in about nine hex in bright. Um, yeah. And a bright tank is, is where you store and carbonate finished beer. Yeah. Um, so yeah, usually we, we, we keg half and can half, whether it's, you know, we've got some double fermenters here, so that we'd be talking 20 hex, 20 hex batches instead. But uh, yeah, we just switched to tall cans. So, you know, a rough measurement, if, if you're canning 500 liters or five hex, 
we essentially divide that by half so you get a thousand cans. Oh, hey, cool. So that's a lot of cans of beer. <laughs> it sounds, you know, it sounds like a lot, but then you break it down into cases and, oh, geez, I can't do the math off the top of my head. It's probably like 28 cases or something. Okay. And then, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, we've, we've got, we've got good relationships with, with a few of the better liquor stores in town and, you know, buddy here will take five cases, buddy there will take five and, you know, yeah. we need a few for here. And then before you know it, you know, you send a few to Edmonton and then the batch is gone. Okay. So, so it's, it's a good position to be in. Yeah. Sure. It's a quick process. It seems yeah. like that's pretty awesome. Yeah. I, totally. I like that. Yeah. 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 Um, so usually I talk a lot about food on this podcast. Oh, so I'm glad we're yeah, talking yeah, about yeah, yeah, beer. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, after a long day, you're going home, you're grabbing a couple beers. Yeah, yeah. What beer do you like to match up with food? Like what food matches best with what beer? That's a great question. Um, first off, I'll preface, I'll preface that by saying I've actually really tried to cut down on my drinking um, in general. Um, so I try not to take beer home too often. For me, it's usually whatever's fresh because um, we use a mobile canning line company. We don't we don't can very frequently, like maybe every two or three weeks. Okay. Sometimes it's more in the summer, but you know. So you know, if we have if we have uh, IPA that's tasted really good, it's been canned that day. There's nothing like a hoppy beer that's just off the canning line. Oh, so okay. you know, I've got a real soft spot for our pale ale. Yeah. Um, and yeah, when that's fresh, it's probably my favorite lager for sure. Nice. The IPA, like, I don't tend to drink a lot of high alcohol beer anymore. Uh, if I am gonna have a, a couple beers, I like to have a couple, and I find that if I have if I have too much high alcohol beer, you know, obviously you, you get drunk, right? So <laughs> I'm gonna assume you're sort of in the same position I am. I want better flavor and I want yeah, better quality, exactly. Instead of more beer instead to get volume. drunk, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but you know, this question should probably go to my wife. She's the uh, like we, we, we cook together every night and, and we, we meal plan for the week because, you know, working in the brewery, it's physical labor. Got to have leftovers for lunch every yeah. day. But, uh, yeah, what, what would we pair it with? That's a great question. Probably anything. Yeah. Uh, I know that sounds broad, but uh, we eat a lot of We eat a lot of chicken at home, a lot of, a lot of quinoa bowls kind of with like roasted sweet yeah. potato and yeah. stuff. So, yeah, pale ale. I really like, um, I really like our, hop, our hoppy beers. I, I tend to push to be a little bit more acidic. Um, and I find that just helps the flavors pop a little bit. Yeah, because I, I like acidity with chicken, especially. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you know, it's it's a it's a pretty um, it's a pretty common uh, um, practice, I think, in cooking, right? Yeah. You know, like vinegar and salt and stuff help flavors pop. So um, that's something we try to do with the beers here. Um, and yeah, I think for me, pale ale is is kind of the pinnacle of that philosophy, and yeah, it goes pretty much good with everything. Cool. So we're almost at our time, but a couple more questions. Um, is there something in your mind that you haven't made yet, but you're really trying to figure out how to do it and how to make it great? Yes. Uh, my answer before mid-August would have been a Czech Pilsner. Uh, okay. I, I, my wife and I traveled in uh, to Czech Republic this summer and uh, got to go to Pilsner Quell and and taste uh taste lager at the source i mean they invented lager yeah so and pilsner so we did a collab with patties and uh patties has a reverse osmosis water system uh, in their brewery which we don't have here okay so we filled up an empty toad in the back of their van we did two runs and we got the ro water into our into our hot water tank and uh i mean the definitive characteristic of that style is um is soft water okay and uh because the water in Calgary is really hard. So you can't brew a Czech Pilsner with hard water. 
and uh, decocted malt. So it's an old school method of pulling malt over to the kettle, uh, boiling it with a bit of wort, returning it. It, it kind of caramelizes the grain. Okay, yeah, nice. So yeah, that would have been my answer. But for me, my dream beers uh, to brew is, um, this is a brew in Vermont called Hill Farmstead. And they do, it's kind of like a tart saison. Um, so it's like, like a Belgian beer with a little bit of twang. And, okay. you know, I've, I've been brewing for six years and uh, that beer, those beers are still a mystery to me. Mm. Every time I have one, I just, I, I don't know. I don't know how they do it. You're going to figure it out someday, though. Yeah, it's, you know, if it, ta- it might take me the rest of my life, but for me, yeah, that's it. Nice. Yeah. So thanks for being on the podcast. This is really fun. I, my I thought pleasure. Was, yeah. I'm still amazed. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> me too. So where can people find OT Brewing and what, uh, what are some of the best spots to get? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my favorite place to drink our beer is the Ship and Anchor on 17th. Nice. They yeah. have 500 on tap. So I'm, I'm there pretty regularly drinking that. Um, yeah, besides that, we're in, we're in a lot of the, the kind of craft-focused liquor stores in town. Yeah. So um, Oak and Vine, Five Vines, Vine Arts, uh, Willow Park, Collective. Yeah. I'm sure I'm forgetting a few. But uh, yeah, I think Co-op stocks our beer, so you, you can find it there. And um, yeah, cool. And again, Blake, thanks for being on the podcast. This was fun. Anytime, Avery. Yeah, thanks for coming thanks. down. Appreciate it, dude.